Welcome to episode five of Church Matters Podcast for SGC Marlton. I'm Jason Reyes, executive pastor, and with me is Warren Betcher, our very dapperly dressed senior pastor. Warren, <laughs> it's good to have you. Glad to be here. I make no comments about my clothes. Oh, no, no, no. Inquiring minds want to know who is dressing you, my friend, because you look like you've come out of the, the pages of a Gap article or maybe it's a Target advertisement. So, <laughs> Please give us the skinny on that one. Well, I have family members who have been concerned for my relevance <laughs> and who are now dressing me. I think this is motivated by family embarrassment um, and, and pity. Uh, we just need to help him and uh, take away stumbling blocks for others. So it, this is nothing to do with me. I do not shop. Even clothes my wife buys, I don't even, I resent trying them on. <laughs> well, it is funny because over the past few months, the most comments that you've gotten recently yeah. have been your attire. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know why I prepare messages yeah. at this point. All I need to do is buy a new outfit and we will grow this church and make a difference in South Jersey. Well, I was going to say about, you know, what does it say about the church? But, you know, that's one way to do it as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, before we get into talking about this past Sunday and what took place this past weekend, real quick, Super Bowl on Sunday. Great game. Great game. Really good game. Yep. Uh, good off, potent offense against a really good defense. What do you think of it? Did the Chiefs win or did the 49ers just play not to lose? Well, I think the 49ers played not to lose. Mm -hmm. So they didn't run the ball. They didn't, they got away from who they oh, were. It killed me. And it killed me. that was sad. Yep. And then, but I do think the Chiefs won. I think yep. Mahomes came up big and made plays. Yep. They made the plays against the great defense. Yep. They didn't have all the big chunk plays they typically get. Yep. But I was feeling for Andy Reid. When they were down 10, I was like, oh, my. If he loses again in this in this title, I fear for him. Oh, well seriously, seriously. Well, I, I am excited for Andy Reid to finally gotten the monkey off his back, yep. if yep. you will. And uh, so now he is a Super Bowl winning coach with 222 victories, which is a lot. Yes. Uh, yep. Which is really a ton. So. Kudos to Kansas City and hope that you enjoy that. And also for everybody who's listening from Sovereign Grace Church, now you know what color our t-shirts are going to be for Summer Blast for the staff. Every year we determine that based upon who the Super Bowl winner is. Okay. And let me just tell you, I'm so grateful we're not having to do another edition or rendition of the Patriots. Right. I, I'm, right. I'm just so happy that we actually have somebody else in there in a winning way. So that's good. Let's, if we can, let's go ahead and dive into week five of our series. What's love got to do with it? Commanding love from John 13, 31 through 35. This is the passage where Jesus is issuing a new commandment to his disciples. He is about ready to be betrayed and is about ready to go to Gethsemane and everything else, the Last Supper and everything else that's taking place here. And Jesus is now gathering his posse together, mm -hmm. if you will. And issuing this new commandment. Now, what made this commandment new? One, it's going to be new in the unique community that's being created. So this is not a community that's now going to be driven by nationality alone. So it's going to be even broader than that, right? It's going to be inclusive to the world. So I think there's a new community from the new covenant. That's good. And that new community is going to have new characteristics. Mm -hmm. And then I think what makes it new, it's love one another as I loved you. It's a higher ethic than love each other as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as love yourself. Love your neighbor right? as yourself. Yeah. So I think the ethic actually goes higher with this. So it's watch how I've loved you. Now love each other that way. Now, you don't do this very often. Okay, mm -hmm. but this past week, I believe you were intentionally seeking to stir up some controversy, if you will. Uh, by making the statement that the command to love fellow Christians is actually stronger 
than the call that we have to love unbelievers. Can you tease that statement out a little bit for us? Yeah, I, I think because I mean, when you think about missional living and evangelism, we always think love for the lost, love for the lost. And I radical life, and radical things. life. It's yeah. all about that. And that's good. We don't want to lose any of that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the New Testament, the call to love the brotherhood is unique and to love one another is unique. I think it really is throughout the New Testament, right. the higher call right. and the higher applications. Right. There's not tons written on how to do evangelism. There's tons written to what's it mean to live in a church. So that's really the emphasis of that's the good. books. That's There's good. so much on now that the, the gospel saved you and you're living this new community, they don't have any clue to how to live that community. Right. And they're living across all sorts of boundaries in that community. And how are they going to do that? So I think it is the radical call. I think it hits us in the same way that sometimes say all sins are the same. Well, yes and no. All sins are worthy of God's wrath, but sins are different. Well, our love, in one sense, we love all, but our love can be different as well. Right. When you were talking about this love for one another, you referenced that in all of your evangelistic training courses that you've taken over the years, you have never seen this emphasized. Right. You know, it's almost been something like assumed or even presumed. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's been such a big miss? It may be because we've missed going. Could be. That doesn't mean we've still loved one another well. Right. It might mean we were in a comfortable place together. So my church background, which we never missed, we were always committed. We were committed financially. We were not committed relationally in that church. We weren't doing life together. There was nobody speaking into your life. So while we were committed to church, and people might see that's a commitment to church, but it's still not a commitment to love one another. So then you're saying, well, how do we grow the church? It's a commitment to affiliation. It's a commitment to affiliation. So then, then the emphasis, I think, is... And we're also not going. So I think they saw one side of the coin right, without right. seeing the other. So right. they saw, well, we're not being good news where we are. You know, this gospel's not being shared to a lost world. So that's why I think the emphasis has always been to the lost, to the lost, we've got to go. To some degree, that's a corrective and a right corrective. And then you have who is public? It's evangelists. They tend to be in those real high public places. And what are they saying? And I think we've missed church life. Um, and that really does seem to be the authenticating, you know, if you will, nature of what you're testifying about is, is right. being around others in the community. Right. Do you have love? And I appreciated the example that you're given from just Alexandria in Egypt right. and, and everything that was taking place there and how the Christians really were the ones that they defined a difference. And the yes. world watched it and really recognized that's true. That's great. And, and I appreciate the way in which you're, you're calling. And maybe there might be a book somewhere along the way uh, with evangelism. And maybe you can write the first chapter on that in terms of our greatest missional living that we can bring a radical is to love one another, right. love the brethren well. Let me ask you this. So when you sense that your love for others is falling asleep, this is the mm-hmm. Alexander Strzok which I'm gathering was from the book that we've been yep. reading as a staff, yep. uh, Love or Die, which we've really enjoyed reading that together. When you feel like your love is or see that your love is falling to sleep, what is the corrective action that you mm-hmm. take personally? So obviously these are repentance. So we want to we repent when we see that. Where I think I start, uh, before I start to go to others, is I do go to what's this saying about my relationship with the Lord, right? So I've probably lost gratitude. I've lost wonder. Mm-hmm. I've lost a sense of awe. 
of how I'm being loved. So I don't want to just become a good ethic and miss the heart of it. So I do still need God to impart things. And I think my first thing in repentance is, God, how am I like you right now? But how are you still towards me? That starts with a conviction of sin. And then it leads to, now what do I do? Right. So there's times I've just confessed, Lord, I know, I see today, I'm loveless. It might be in my family. It could right. be with people that I'm very close to that I, in one sense, am committed to love. But in these moments, I'm loveless. That right away brings you back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. of God, you're never that way towards me. Right. And that I think affects my heart and then informs my action. It's very humbling. Yeah, it's yeah. very humbling. I love that. And I thought you did a good job on Sunday too, just kind of mentioning it's about Christ's patience towards right. us, his long suffering yep. towards us, his steadfast love towards mm -hmm. us, his mercy and being reminded there first. Right. And then allowing that to inform the, the other in terms of our response. You seek to repent and you seek to meditate and really recapture, if you will, or allow the glory of the of the gospel right. to again ignite, you know, yes. fresh love. Well, let me ask you this then. So what are some of the common ways that you see as Christians, mm -hmm. both yourself and then just as our church, that we neglect obeying this command? We can take offense easily. Uh, and that can be over a variety of things. It can be over preferences that are not met. It can be over critiques that have been given. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've been given charitably. And maybe they haven't been given. I think there's a number of things. One, selfishness. So disappointment, selfishness. I just want to serve myself right now. And I don't want to reach out. And that can be sometimes because it's not observable, but it can be, you know it in your heart. Right. I am purposely not doing good right now. I am withholding good because I want to just do what I want to do. You know, someone I talked about, uh, it can be hard to love difficult people. And I had this thought, after the message, but I should have brought it into the message. Sometimes we might say to ourselves, well, I don't have trouble with anybody difficult. Well, maybe you're not with anybody difficult because you're distant from everybody. Distance can make you feel that you're very loving because you're not actually invested with anybody. Right. Because if you're invested with anybody, you're going to have disappointment. Right. It's the proverbial single, if you will. Before I was married, I mean, I'm a loving guy. Yes. I give yeah. and I share and I care for other people and everything. And right. it wasn't until I'm with my bride, whom I love immensely, right. but we're with one another 24-7. And then you start to realize, wow, I really do cater only to my needs. Right, <laughs> right. I am so stinking selfish. Right. And then you have kids and it's like and another it's, deeper it's another level. whole level <laughs> of my word, these precious little ones. <laughs> So, well, let me ask you about preferences. Yeah. Okay. How do, can we, as a church, grow in discerning between preferences and then maybe even its doctrinal fidelity? I see that brandished about right. quite a bit. It's conviction and, and everything else like that. Help us. Well, I think we have to understand what is the difference between a preference and a conviction. And we have to be really honest and humble about that. And so there are preferences. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with preferences. No, no, not at all. Um, so even you, you'd miss here when Paul talks to the Roman church about the holy days and Sabbath and mm -hmm. those things. That's even more than preference. There was actually some convictional level for the Jewish Christians. Right. But Paul was helping them understand this does not function really as a doctrinal. Not anymore. Not anymore. That right. same conviction. It's not the unclean so and clean. It represents something of preference now. And he said, believe what you believe, but think charitably to others and right. let them believe. 
So I think we have to want to identify what is a preference. That's good. And what is an opinion on something? So we may have opinions and they do function. And this functions historically in churches, worship style. So you go back, yep. you know, in our day it might be different, but go back 40, 50 years. Boy, you bring a guitar into a church. Oh, yeah. You've got major division happening. In my church, if anybody had clapped, that was an issue. <laughs> and amen was borderline heresy. And then you go to other places where yeah. if you're not doing so, I think we have to realize our personality is very involved. Our background's very involved. Uh, our opinions are very involved. And how do we prefer others think of them more important than ourselves? Right, right. Preferences really can be something that drive us in directions that, at least for myself, when I find myself holding to the preference so tightly that I want to go ahead and actually willfully disobey this command. Right. I've recognized, wait a sec, I have crossed the line. Right. And it's right. more about me than it is about anybody else, mm -hmm. you know? And I think we see that pretty regularly on our staff, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that we all have different preferences? We have different preferences that often become convictions and, uh, and then charges to one another. For not keeping those and yeah. holding those, yes. So yeah, we have strong preferences, strong opinions. Uh, there's a reason why we pray that the Holy Spirit really help us in every meeting. And we start well sometimes, and then an hour later, we're like, we need to pray again. That's right. Uh, With much asking yes. of forgiveness yes. and so forth as um, well. I would say, you know, another thing too for us in terms of why we can neglect this command is to actually make truces as well. And I think abuse, as First Peter, love covers a multitude of sins. We leave it as, well, I'm not going to really bring this this, you know, with my brother right. and sister. And so I will just overlook, but there's no real absorption because mm -hmm. in the overlooking, it becomes, hey, they're sitting on the left side of the auditorium. So I'm going to find a seat on right. the right side. And so right. we're going to make this truce that will peacefully coexist. Right. But tell us something about what is Christ calling us to do beyond peacefully coexisting? He's not calling us to be best friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about friends are few, and we have to understand that. So we don't want to make this that we are best friends with everybody, but we have affections towards everybody and respect towards everybody. And there's a difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. You don't have to go beyond probably your own family to see that. There's times I can have an honest conversation which is going to be hard, right. and it's going to disrupt the day, or I can just sort of manipulate mm -hmm. by keeping peace. And right. nobody's done anything wrong, but really, we're not at one with one another. Right. We're not okay with one another. And I think the moment you realize that you're not okay with someone, and this is where you go to the Sermon on the Mount for Jesus, this is so important. It's like, stop the worship service, yep. stop what you're doing, yep. and go be reconciled. Be reconciled. Yeah. And, and so this impetus, because he knows the gap will establish, you'll get comfortable with distance, walls will emerge, and yet you'll live with politeness. And that's not a genuine community. So we should be able to say, I am relationally good with each person. And if I'm avoiding, so if I don't want to have eye contact, that probably says something. It says I probably got to do my heart first. Right. And I don't know why I'm avoiding. Maybe it's an offense that they have done. Maybe they have offended me. Right. Uh, so it could be things when they're apart. But there's something we're called to do in that. And scripture makes that, I think, very clear. Mm -hmm. It's That's not okay. And the larger a church gets, the easier it is for that just to coast. When we were a small church, if there's a relational disruption, you got to work through it. But I think we do learn it to accommodate. Because mm -hmm. I think it happens in homes. There's distance. There's uncomfortability. But we're not going to have those conversations to really try to resolve. And sometimes you need help in those conversations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But peacemaking is intentional and it's active. And it's to result. 
you know, in, right. in something as well. Right. So there really is nothing in between. Right. And uh, one of the things that I'm really increasingly growing in my appreciation, especially the longer that I'm here and been on the staff, is that I do really feel like right now where we're at as a team is that we're really quick to keep short account. And so if there is something relationally, I think the first step, at least what I'm gathering and uh, glean from your example and from others, Andrews and Joe and Scott, is to sit on it first and wonder, mm -hmm. first of all, is this a me issue? Right. And if it is a me issue, then deal with it. And then secondly, if it's not, is there something I can overlook? And, and do I really need to share this? Is this something for me just to absorb? And then the reality is if at times well, you can't, then, then you bring it. But you bring it in a spirit of, brother, I want to be together with you. Right. I don't want to see anything separate right. us. And it's so much more for our entire church, you know, as well. That helps to not interpret why you're walking down the hall and somebody doesn't greet you on a Sunday morning right. or somebody seems like they're moving and they're not sitting near you anymore or those right. types of things. It's not jumping to things. Well, I I think you're hitting a great point because we are all interpreters of life. Yep. So we're always interpreting why this person walked by, why this, why this. And that's where I think if those things rest in our heart, we've got to go to the Lord. Am I, is this really something I have to think through? Mm -hmm. But then we go with it because we are bringing an interpretation. I think we don't want to go with accusation. Right. Like you've oh, done no. this and yep. this is something we really feel. So let's be honest, but go with inquiry. Did you intend or that's helpful, but this is how it affected me. Right and now we've had a conversation. Again, are we both listening ahead of time? And let's have an honest conversation it might be hard and repentance could function on either side. But I think going with inquiry, but don't let your interpretations become authoritative. No, up no. Front. I, I, absolutely. And actually, I think a, a mark of a healthy church is that it's not the absence of conflict. It's the actual working through, you know, and talking through these right. things in a way that honors the Lord and pleases him. And, and again, the purpose of this command, it, this is the, if you will, the so what of mm -hmm. this new commandment is what? Well, I think there's two, yeah. right? The one the text makes very clear, so the world will see. Yeah, amen. That the world walks in and they are astounded at the diversity in that place. And diversity should be, even that should be defined broadly. Age, gender, gender yeah. I mean, the whole thing. Socioeconomic. Socioeconomic background, background. All that. Yep. Ethnic, Language. all of that. Uh, and preferences. Like yep. these are people with different personality types. So there is something they experience a reality that is supernatural. And by the way, which will be heaven. That's true. With no hindrance. I think the other is why this is important. It's God's family. It would grieve God to have his children at odds. So if God loved us, we ought to love one another. And so I think there's something of God's heart of, I am creating a community. You're my children. And I know parents. They don't want to see division in their right. families. Oh, no. right? yeah, That's absolutely. Division in, well, amongst your children is heartache. Division, God doesn't want division amongst right. his children. Well, again, our verse, scripture memory verse for this week is John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Grateful for the, the church's response in this. I'm hearing more and more of people mm -hmm. memorizing the scriptures together, which I'm grateful for and, and trust that there's going to be fruit, you know, that takes place. Ways to grow in memorizing scripture. You know, maybe we should have started at the very first episode, something like this. But what have been some of the things that have been helpful for you, you know, in terms of practices? How do you do it? Sometimes writing it out yeah. and sometimes me, the verbally saying it out. Yep. So I know when I say a lot over and over in my head, I still forget. 
But when I say it out loud, that helped. And, and just going back and then thinking about it. So I think talking it, thinking about it, those are small things Excellent. that I found helpful. Yeah, for me, it's always been, and I think there is a science of you writing it down right. and having uh, to memorize it. So I have a stacks of three by five cards mm-hmm. over the years. And from when I was in college, I put them on the dashboard. And if I was in a traffic jam or whatever, I'd try to right. go ahead and memorize it and review it and so forth. Really of, of late, just for those of you who love technology, is Fighterverse, um, mm-hmm. the Fighterverse app. Uh, you can get it on iOS and you can also get it with on any format, actually, and Android format. But what I love about it is that you can go ahead and actually create your own lists. Mm-hmm. And so I've done this with my D group the past three mm-hmm. years. Um, and so we have our scripture memory. And so now I've added to that this year's this mm-hmm. series. And then it looks like we're going to be doing something as well for the I am statements, which is coming up in March right. and leading up to Easter, which I'm excited for. But it's just a really helpful tool because there's so many ways that you can do it verbally, tests that you can take and stuff like that. But again, it's just reinforcing yep. it over and over and over again so that it's actually hidden and becomes part of who we are. Excited for uh, next week's message that we're going to be having in the number six and excited as well just for the way the church is benefiting from this series. And I really appreciate you, Warren, in leading us in this way because I feel like it's just been a great way to start the year off. So thank you very much, brother. It's been my joy. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Church Matters. Thank you, Warren, again, for being a part. And again, church, if you have any questions that you would like to see us answer, on one of these podcasts, please continue to go ahead and submit those. You can do that electronically at our website, and you can also do that on Sunday mornings, and we have receptacles to go ahead and receive those from you. So we'd love to be able to answer any questions that you might have. And again, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, please help us out by spreading the word to your friends, text them, call them, send out an email, or simply by liking us on the various social media platforms. We'd be very grateful for that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.